Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 1, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You know that Mary... She had a very interesting day as the angel Gabriel, remember, came and told her that she was highly favored and greatly graced by the Lord. And even though she was a virgin, the angel said she was going to become pregnant and bring forth a son and was going to call his name. What was his name going to be, saints? And then look at verse 34 in chapter 1, if you will, with me in verse 34. Notice Mary asks the question, how can this happen? I've never been with a man. And then Gabriel said the Holy Spirit in verse 35, are you looking at it? The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And then in verse 37, don't you love it? Can you read it with me? For with God, can you read it with me? For with God, nothing will be impossible, the angel said. In other words, God will absolutely perform what he said he would do in his word. And then in verse 38, we looked at it last week, but I want to touch on it again just a little bit. In verse 38, notice Mary's response. She said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. Now, saints, I want you to notice something here. Give me your attention. You know this because we all know the Christmas story. And we know that Mary was a virgin. We know that Mary was 14 to 16 years old, virgin, young teenager. And when the angel brings her this news, are you listening? When the angel brings her this news that she's going to become pregnant and she's going to be the mother of God, she said, let it be to me according to your word. I think, listen, that this is a remarkable, mature statement coming from a teenager. Why, Rodney? Because, listen, In that culture, Mary understood what this really meant. Mary understood that here we have a teenage pregnancy and she's not married. Mary understood that she could possibly be stoned for this and probably would be stoned in her mind. This is what she's thinking. She understood that the community would ostracize her. You see, in that day, did you know this? In that day, when someone was caught in the act of adultery or fornication or some kind of immorality, 
that person, that woman would be taken to the center of the city where she would be stoned. Do you remember the woman who was caught in the act of adultery in John chapter 8? And she was, they threw her at the feet of Jesus and they said, what are you going to do with her? And they wanted to stone her. Remember that? Well, a woman would be brought, thrown to the ground, and then she would be stoned to death. And then she would be buried in dung, manure. And then they would plant a tree on top of her. And the weeks would go by, the months would go by, and the years would go by, and that tree would grow. And that tree would stand there as a reminder of the cost of adultery and fornication and immorality. And Mary, she knew that. And yet she says, Lord, even in the face of this very bad circumstance, because for Mary, do you understand it was bad? Teenage pregnancy and no father, I mean, no, no earthly father that she's willing to confess to. No husband. Her community would ostracize her, and she knew that. She knew her mom and dad would doubt her and think she was lying. She knew that her husband would probably leave her. And that's a big deal because her husband was a good man. How do you know that? Because he had a job. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> he had a J-O-B. We know he was a carpenter. And Mary's thinking, man, I am going to lose a good man. Because he would want to then put her away. But even in the face of all this, saints, here's what I'm just trying to help you understand, that Mary, when she said, Lord, the, behold the maid servant of the Lord, let it be according to your word, Mary knew that she had a lot to lose and there was a lot at stake, and yet she still submits to the will of the Lord. And she says, Lord, let Christ, basically she's saying, let Christ be born in me. God, whatever you want to do, you do that in me, even in the face of my difficult and bad circumstance. Let Christ be born in me, she says. And doesn't that beg the question, can you say that? Will you say that? Can you say, look, whatever my reproach, whatever comes to my situation, whatever comes to my life, let Christ be born in me. I don't know about you. Jesus said you must be born again. I don't know about you, but whatever we face, no matter what it is, we need to be willing to say, let Christ be born in me. Whatever your circumstance, whatever your reproach, whatever your suffering, whatever your trial, whatever your circumstance, whatever your situation, let Christ be born in me. You know that some people won't give their life to Christ because of what their friends might say. Some people won't give their life to Christ because of what their neighbors might say. Or because of what their co-workers might say. Or they don't want to be, you know, talked about like a Jesus person. And they don't want to be known in the company of the church and that kind of thing. Look, let Christ be born in me. Whatever your situation is in your life. I'm about to lose my job. <laughs> let Christ be born in me. I'm about to lose my, my family, my husband, my wife. Whatever your circumstance let Christ be born in me. And I find that we don't say that as a church. We start going through stuff, and the first thing we do is stop going to church. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. I'm not even talking to anybody in here. I know it's not you guys. 
Well, we start going through things and we stop going to church. We start, stop go, start going through things and we stop praying. We stop reading the word. When in fact, when you're going through something, that's the time to draw closer to the Lord. Did you hear me? That's the time to grow closer to the Lord. I'm going to wait while you clap because it's okay. <laughs> that's the time to grow closer to the Lord. Mary says, Lord, whatever my reproach, let Christ be born in me, whatever the cost, and then get this. You're going to love this. And then she starts singing. Singing? What does she have to sing about? We'll find out. This next section, beginning in verse 39, chapter 1. If you're taking notes, you can write this in your margins. Write this at the top. It's called the Magnificat. Or we can call it Mary's Song in verse 39 through verse 55. We'll pick up there today. Luke chapter 1. Saints beginning in verse 39. If you're looking at it, say amen. All right, some of y'all ain't looking. If you're looking at it, say amen. amen. Now Mary arose in verse 39 in those days, and she went into the hill country with haste. She went quickly to the city of Judah, and she entered the house of Zacharias, and she greeted Elizabeth. And it happened in verse 41. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, what happened with Elizabeth, somebody? She's filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, then she spoke out, being filled with the Holy Spirit, she spoke out with a loud voice and she said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me in verse 43, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears in verse 44, please underline this, the babe leaped in my wound for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a performance or a fulfillment, write it down, a performance or a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, here begins her song, the Magnificat. We have the word magnify. Then Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in, please note this, God, my savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant, and behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and, can y'all read that with me? And holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him, from generation to generation. And he has shown strength with his arm, and has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. And he has put down the mighty from their seats or from their thrones. And he has exalted the lowly. And he has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. And he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed for a short period of time. Is that what it says? For how long? Forever. God's promise. And Mary, in verse 56, remained with her, Elizabeth, about three months. So now Elizabeth is about nine months pregnant. 
And then Mary returned to her house. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention, if you will. So the angel shows up and she tells Mary that she's going to be the mother of the Savior of the world. You know, you were here last week. Mary doesn't ask questions, although she is troubled at what he says. She's not troubled at him. She's troubled at what he says. But she believed the word of the Lord and she submitted to the word and the power of God began to work in her life. Here's what I want you to see, as simple as this. Listen, God's power and God's word always go hand in hand. God's power and God's word go hand in hand. The angel came to her and said, you are going to have a son and you're going to call him Jesus, God's word. She didn't understand it. She's thinking, how will this be? As a matter of fact, she asked a biological question. How will this be? How can this happen? I've never known a man, she said. And then God said, that was his word. Then God said, it's going to be by his power. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and overshadow you. It's going to be a work of the Holy Spirit. God's word and God's power always go hand in hand. And Mary became pregnant. And in order to avoid the shame and the embarrassment, Mary gets out of town. The Bible says she made haste in verse uh, 39. She made haste. She went fast. And she goes to the house of Elizabeth, soon to be the mother of John the Baptist. When Mary walked in the house, she greeted Elizabeth and Zacharias was there. And when she greeted Elizabeth and Zacharias, John the Baptist leapt in her womb. Isn't that interesting? I mean, she walks in the house and she says, hey guys. And John the Baptist starts doing flips in her stomach. I mean, interesting. And then the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit fills Elizabeth. Now listen, here's a byline here. This is the second person in the New Testament filled with the Holy Spirit. Who was the first? John the Baptist. Don't you remember in her womb, verse 15 tells us that John the Baptist will be filled with the spirit from his mother's womb. So John the Baptist is the first, Mary is, or pardon me, Elizabeth being the second. And then Elizabeth said to Mary with a loud voice, blessed are you among women, which must have been a real confirmation for Mary. I mean, think about that. Don't you remember? It was the angel who said to Mary first, blessed are you among women. And then Elizabeth comes back and says the same thing. Blessed are you among women. The Bible tells us by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And that was a confirmation for Mary because I'm sure, remember, she's only a teenager. Mary's probably thinking, man, am I crazy? I mean, I think, I mean, an angel shows up and says, you're going to be the mother of God. Mary's thinking, did that really happen? I mean, did I have bad tacos last night? I mean, what, did that really happen? God says, yeah, it really happened. And I'm going to give you another witness to prove to you that it really happened. Elizabeth says the same thing that the angel said. Are you getting me? Blessed are you among women. Now, let me point this out to you, saints. I want to draw your attention to verse 44. Please look at verse 44 again, because as soon as the greeting was made, are you looking at verse 44? If you're looking at it, say, I'm looking at it. Notice the babe leaped in my womb for joy. 
Did you see that? And keep in mind, Elizabeth is about six months pregnant. Give me your attention. Look at me. Elizabeth is about six months pregnant and the baby leaps for joy. Please note this. At the age of six months in the womb, the baby has emotion. Now, I'm going to make my second political statement in two weeks from this pulpit right now. Remember, I told you, I believe the pulpit is for the preaching of the gospel and not for politics. I really believe that. But I also believe that there are times where we need to, we need to address this. The baby leap for joy. The baby in the womb has emotion. There are people who will try to fill your mind with nonsense and tell you that a baby is not a baby until the baby is born. What we learn from the scriptures, no, a baby is a baby at conception because this baby is still in the womb and the baby has emotion. Joy is an emotion. Joy is an emotion. This baby leaped for joy. As a matter of fact, I remember reading somewhere, and I couldn't really find my source, but I remember reading somewhere, get this, at the age of 16 weeks, did you know this? At 16 weeks, a baby starts to hear at 16 weeks. Isn't it interesting? 16 weeks, they start to hear, and about 16 years, they stop. (laughs) Where my parents at? Where my parents at? Isn't that true? It's the truth. They start to hear at 16, at 16 weeks. You know, Jewish women, as a matter of fact, fact, ask some Jewish people. Jewish women, when they conceive, they will often begin to just rub their stomachs and maybe the dads will rub the mom's stomach and begin to talk to the baby and say, the Lord our God is one God. The Lord our God is one God. And Jewish people come out of the womb knowing that the Lord our God is one God. Because mom and dad start telling the baby in the womb, the Lord our God is one God. I remember my wife was pregnant and, uh, with my, my, my son. And uh, that would be the, the big person in the cage was back there, the, the very large person. You know, I real, I, you know, is he here? Is he in here? Because I was going to say, you know, I th- we might need to get a bigger cage. That's a big boy back there. I, that's a big boy. He was 10 pounds and 10 ounces at birth. I told you that. I told you my wife didn't give birth to a son. She gave birth to a turkey. It was huge. I mean, she was pregnant. Her father was out to here. And, uh, you know, don't ever do this, uh, fellas. Listen, don't ever do this. My wife was very, very, Rodney Jr. was huge. And my wife was out there here. And one time I, you know, she was just so, I, I put a cup on there. I just said a cup. <laughs> well, needless to say, I never did that again. That's all. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, <laughs> she was huge. And I, remember, I used to talk to my kids when they were in the womb. I'd say, you know, um, I have rub of our stomach. I go, you know, hi, uh, how you doing? <laughs> this is dad. And uh, uh, no, you can't have any more money. And uh, start getting used to my voice because you're going to be hearing it for a long, long, long time. And no, you can't have the keys to the car. You know, you start getting them ready, coming out the wound. 
But usually, you know, the kids start to hear. Here's the point. In the wound, children start to hear. And they are people. And when you take the life of a child in the womb, you're taking the life of a person. And that's what we call abortion. And I should say to you, listen, perhaps you're here. I said this all three services. Thank you, Lord. Perhaps you're here and you've had an abortion and maybe you carry that in your heart. And maybe you're weighted down by that. And maybe Satan is using that to hinder you from moving forward in your relationship with God and what God wants for your life. Because Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Did you know that? And whatever you do, Satan will accuse you. Satan will use your past. Listen, here is, here is spiritual warfare, attacks on the enemy 101. Satan will use your past to accuse you and to keep you from moving forward to your future. Satan will do that. He reminds you of your past. But can I tell you something? When Satan reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. <laughs> you understand? You remind him of his future. And he'll use it to accuse you. And maybe you've had an abortion. Second service. Today, this gentleman came up to me and he said, Pastor Rodney, it's not only women that Satan uses that against. He just started weeping right there. And I told him what I'll tell you. The Bible says any man who is in Christ is a new creature. And all things that we have done prior to knowing Jesus, I call it BC days before Christ, Everything that you have done prior to knowing the Lord, God has wiped the slate clean. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away and behold, all things become new. The Bible tells us, Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation. Listen, God's not condemning you. God is not condemning you. Can you clap your hands? That's exciting news. That's good news. That's great news. God's not condemning you. Satan condemns you. God doesn't condemn, he convicts. Satan condemns. God is not condemning you. And what we need to do is be happy about that, confess our sin to the Lord, and then walk forward and leave the old things behind. And the things that you've done, don't do them again. Just don't do those things again. It's called repentance. You don't do those things again. And you move forward to what God has for your life. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Well, let's move forward. Look at verse 45, if you will. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And I hope that encourages you. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And she says, blessed is she who believed. That word blessed, are you taking notes? It literally means, oh, how happy. Oh, how happy. I love that verse. Because this is a, probably a very difficult time in Mary's life. And yet, it's Elizabeth. And by the way, Elizabeth is an old saint. She is an elderly woman. Listen, and she's a beautiful woman in the Lord. I think there are three times in the life of a woman where she is most beautiful. I've said this before. When she is pregnant. I think when she gets married. I think most beautiful. But I also think, listen, when a woman is elderly and she knows Jesus. I think women who are elderly, 
I think they're just beautiful. I, I remember this woman, and Michelle, you remember Wincy? You think of Wincy too? Wincy? Wincy was 76 years old, and she was so beautiful in the Lord. She used to attend here, and she moved to, I think she moved to Washington State, way up Washington State, I think. And uh, well, she was so beautiful in the Lord. Her sister, who was like 74, was a missionary on the mission field for many, many years, 40 years, 50 years or whatever. And she was just, Wincy was so beautiful in the Lord. I mean, honestly, talking to her, you felt like you were in the presence of Jesus. Y'all know anybody like that? There's like older people and you're just like, okay. You're like intimidated by them because they know the Lord and they're so sweet. And I get the impression that Elizabeth was like that. She was a sweet elderly woman who encouraged Mary, who was a young teenage girl. And she said, Mary, you are blessed. Blessed are you among women. And, 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 and you're going to be, you're highly favored. You're greatly graced. You are blessed. And she just encouraged Mary. And Mary stays with Elizabeth, the Bible tells us, for several months. And uh, probably until Elizabeth gives birth. And they just fellowship together. I think that's sweet. They just kind of fellowship together. And then Zacharias is there. And I'm sure Mary probably looked over at Zacharias and asked Elizabeth, how come he never says anything? <laughs> Mary said, no, he never says a mumbling word. Not a, not a mumbling word. You know, you ain't saying nothing when you say a mumbling word. He ain't saying a mumbling word. And uh, Elizabeth probably said, yeah, we're, we're just actually pen pals now. He doesn't talk and we just write things down. And he's... Zachariah's like, how long is she going to stay here? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.